Here we go. Rapid React live post-game episode. Locked on 49ers. 49ers dominating the Carolina Panthers on the road, 37-15. to 15. Key plays, key players, our takeaways from this game. And, of course, we'll give out some game balls from week five with this 49ers victory. Coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you on this Rapid React episode. Our immediate thoughts going live here post-49ers Week 5 victory 37-15 over the Carolina Panthers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do. And today's episode of Locked On 49ers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Croc, I believe, I think it was the very last thing you said on this podcast Friday as we were leaving the Keys to Victory episode. You said the 49ers were about to whoop them in Carolina, and that they did. That looked like the 49ers that I've expected to see. And, you know, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of warming up, and maybe he just has to get, you know, reacclimated to the team, to the rhythm of the offense and everything. But uh, it looked good today. It looked really good. Or Sunday afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Right, yeah, yeah. And shout out to all those that didn't make the live episode Sunday afternoon, evening, depending on where you are in the world, and are just listening on Monday morning, maybe on your way to work or something like that. Um what we saw too in this game was what what I thought we were going to see. Remember week one when the 49ers kind of rolled out to a to an early lead against the Bears and it was like Shh, Justin Fields couldn't do anything. Their offense wasn't moving at all. It was like the Niners about to blow them out right now, and it didn't end that way. It it didn't it didn't happen that way. This was sort of what that was supposed to look like, right? Where they come out. I loved the game plan by Kyle Shanahan from jump, getting George Kittle heavily involved early on the first drive. They just ran down the field, put it in the end zone. And of course, you know, the, the defense did their part. 49ers didn't turn the ball. Actually, George Kittle did have that one fumble, which was pretty much the only hiccup, I think, uh, on either side of the ball, it felt like all day long. And, you know, efficient offense. They were running the ball. They were, Jimmy G was efficient throwing. Jimmy G's final totals here were 18 of 30 passing, 253 yards, 8.4 per completion two touchdowns and zero interceptions only sacked twice for a loss of nine yards 109 quarterback rating i mean that's exactly what you want to happen with the passing game on offense and then oh yeah jeff wilson putting up 120 yards on the ground averaging seven yards per carry with the way the 49ers defense is playing i mean that's a recipe for a victory every single week yeah that was really good you know and you did talk about the kind of the one blemish and i wanted to come on here and i was really excited to not have to bring up any negativity. Of course, there's some injuries that we'll touch on and obviously the George Kittle fumble, but uh, it didn't hurt them, right? It didn't hurt them uh, too much. The 49ers offense, I thought they did a, a solid job early on of, of moving the ball up and down the field. And when you get that pick six before halftime, I think that really changed the tide to where it kind of gave the 49ers some breathing room to where it looked like, look, you don't have to force anything and uh, you can continue to kind of pour it on the the Panthers out there in Levi's East. Is that what we're going to call Carolina Stadium? Because it was all red in the state, in the bleachers. 
Man, I, I I don't think it matters where the 49ers play the Panthers because remember at Levi's a couple years ago, I think this final score is 51 to something. And I mean, they just thumped them and it's a completely different team. I think Christian McCaffrey might be the only same guy on the team from that uh, from that one. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just a DJ a, Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore was still around then, I guess. Was that his second year maybe? Um, I mean, it was just, yeah, the, the Rams lost. Like the 49ers are in first place. And they might be in first place to stay clock if they can play like this. The defense is good, and the defense is going to stay good, right? But uh, the only question now, I think, uh, and we've got to talk about some of these things. We're going to get into the chat. We're going to give out some game balls here, talk a little bit more about the specifics of this game. Um, but injuries is really the, the the only bummer that you brought up there, Croc. And we'll have more information on these injuries tomorrow because we're going live right now. I'm sure Kyle during the press conference is going to tell more. So feel free in the chat to let us know uh, what some of those details are on some of these players that were hurt during the game. Nick Bosa was walking around. He looked frustrated, but it didn't look like a guy who was going to miss a lot of time. Were they just being cautious with some of these injuries? Jimmy Ward, I believe, was in for the first play of the game in the slot, right? Yeah. And then was gone. So was he going to play slot all game, I wonder? Or were they doing just like a three-safety look there? And then hurt his hand, I think, on the first play, and then he was out of there. I think it was just a three-safety look. I I don't know if it was just him in the nickel. But I was curious to, you know, note that same thing so we could talk about it on the podcast. And I looked, you know, the next snap in the nickel, and I'm like, okay, no, it's Diamondola Lenore out there. And I'm like, wait, where's Jimmy Ward? And he just wasn't on the field. And I thought, well, maybe they're just kind of easing him into the situation. But no, man, he's, he's hurt. Hurt his hand, so that's definitely it's definitely tough because I was really excited to see what it looked like, uh, a three-safety look or just a defense in general with Jimmy Ward back. And the other injury was at the very end of the game, Emmanuel Mosley, who had one of the biggest plays in that game in the pick six. Uh, he looked like it was an ankle, a foot, a knee, something like that. It looked like his leg was flopping around a little bit odd. I, I did not like that uh, at the end of the game, making big plays. I mean, the, the, the secondary – the linebackers, the defensive line. I mean, they're just coming to play. And how well the the defensive line is playing, missing two big-time players, right? Two first-round guys in Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw haven't been in there. And they haven't skipped a beat. Like, I haven't noticed a different team since they've been out. There was one play. I mean, early on, too, it was really weird because we talk about the play Jimmy Ward was in. And somehow, some way, I don't know how, but Christian McCaffrey got like eight or nine yards on that one play. But, I mean, they were in there. They penetrated so quick. Everybody, I felt like, I'm like, man, how did McCaffrey get through there? And I think that was most of the game where guys were just penetrating. They're in the backfield. And I feel like when McCaffrey gives the ball, it's like they're looking at him in his eyes. I was like, man, this is a a fast and tenacious defense that people are going to have to deal with. And like you said, no Armstead, uh, no Kinlaw, but other guys filled in. I mean, obviously you have Givens. I don't even know who 55 is. I, I remember someone bringing him up to me before. But that's, a, that's veteran 55? Akeem Spence, I believe. Akeem Spence. Yeah, Spence. And I know he's been on like seven, eight teams. So this is a guy that travel, has traveled around. But, you know, when you can find those guys and just figure out a very specific role, like, look, Spence, whatever you are drafted to be, you don't have to be that with the 49ers. Just be a solid depth piece, and we're going to put you into this very specific role. And the more guys you can do that have that type of ability – the better this defense is going to be. And they're going to need it because, like you said, there, there's been a lot of guys go down on that defensive side of the ball. There was one play, a short yardage run, where Amenehu, who's a, de- a big defensive end, was in there on the interior, and he got moved 
five yards off the line of scrimmage. And it's like, that's one, that's one place the 49ers. I think that's why they brought in someone like Akeem Spence. That's one place they're lacking. Even Javon Kinlaw is not really built to be that nose tackle. I think the 49ers defense does in some ways miss DJ Jones. It hasn't been a problem at all. They're so fast and they're so good penetrating, but I think nose tackle just to make sure like, like you're kind of picking nits here a little bit, looking for a hole in the 49ers defense. Maybe a true nose tackle would be something if you're looking to add at the deadline, but man um really there's 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 so little margin for error for opposing defenses or for opposing offenses oh, against 49ers yeah. defense and, and baker mayfield wasn't up for the challenge he looked <laughs> and baker mayfield like i don't, I don't want to say he's a front runner or anything like that but he was like he was straight up beaten right he knew he, he knew it was over you could see it in his face he, he had no he had no fight he knew what time it was. And I yeah. felt like he figured that out right from the jump. And he's like, oh, man, they are even faster in person. They're flying around. I just love watching Fred Warner play. Just the tenacity he plays with, finishing tackles. He had a tackle for loss. And he was, like, backing up and bumped into Baker Mayfield. And I just knew how Baker Mayfield felt in that moment where it was just like, gosh, they're, they're everywhere. Like, they've been bumping into me after plays, <laughs> you know. But um, I think the attitude that they've taken on, and this is continued. I mean, it's not the first time they've played like this, right? I mean, we saw this with Robert Sala, and they had that mindset, and then now you see them with D'Amico Ryan. So uh, it's just been exciting to see how they can kind of carry that over from coach to coach, season to season, and still play with that same type of tenacity. All right, more on this 49ers victory, 37-15 over the Carolina Panthers. We'll give out some game balls, get into the chat a little bit uh, after this dominating performance by the San Francisco 49ers on the road in week five. Our friends at Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Maybe you want to get involved in, uh, maybe you're, <laughs> this is what happens a lot. And in, in the in the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League, by the way, and come on, you got to subscribe to Peacock and Williamson. I drafted a terrible team. I I knew it around the fourth round. I was like, this is not a good football team that I'm drafting right now. This is bad. So I'm, I'm trying to climb the ladder out of the cellar. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but if you have leagues like that where you're just doomed, Daily fantasy is the way to go. You can have fun every single day, every single week, even if your fantasy team is out of it. And Bryce, Price Picks is super fun and super easy. All you do is you pick two to five players. If they will score more or less than their prize pick projections, then you win. It's that easy. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You're not playing a pool of sharks out there in the fantasy world. It's just you against those projections. Price Picks offers projections on any sport too, not just... NFL football, college football, any college sports, NBA, MLB, PGA, NHL, you name it, you can find it at Price Picks. Even disc golf, boxing, MMA, cricket. So have yourself some fun any day, any sport that is happening. You can get in on it with Price Picks. Just pick if you go over or uh, score more or less than those Price Pick projections. And a lot of 49ers. If you picked uh, Tevin Coleman. <laughs> to score more than his uh, whatever projected rushing yards were, you, you might be able to make yourself a little bit of money. Entries, entries are easy, can be made in 60 seconds or less, safe and fast withdrawals, and Price Picks is currently operational in over 30 states, including Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 
Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Croc. Uh, Jeremy says... Crocker challenged the offense to step up, and they did their part today. They did their party. They did kind of party a little bit today, Jeremy. I think that was a typo, but yeah, you're right. Croc was on it. Everything Croc said in the pregame is what happened on Sunday. Yeah, but I, I think the, what I was saying was a well, a lot of people wanted to see, right? You want to see the offense come out, not be as clunky. I thought they moved the ball well right away. You want to see the 49ers be efficient on third down. They did that. You want to see the offense be able to establish a run game. They did that out the gate. And get uh, George Kittle involved because I just haven't understood why the lack of touches, why the lack of really putting a point of emphasis on getting him the ball early on. Like You can scheme him open just like you do anyone else. Everyone talks about, oh, you got to leave him in. To block, like, no, you can get him the ball in space. And I thought they did a terrific job of that. Even in some really tight windows, I thought Jimmy G did a really good job of kind of squeezing some passes in there and just giving him an opportunity where it was underneath or whether it was down the field. We saw a couple down the field, downfield shots, and I thought that was exciting to see as well. Uh, but George Kittle, the downfield shot, it was contested. And you put it up to your guy, hey, he's one of the best linebackers, I mean, tight ends in the NFL. Make a play. And he did that. And I just, well, continue to give him those type of opportunities. I thought that was really exciting to see, especially early on in the game. How about the throw, Jimmy getting hit downfield to Tevin Coleman, and then the play Dev, Tevin Coleman made on the ball. That's one of the better throws I've seen from Jimmy G, letting it go, letting it fly a little bit. He's playing loose. He's playing confidence on Sunday, confident on Sunday. I think, I think it was really important for the 49ers season to see him play like that. I had tweeted out that Tevin Coleman, I feel like when he when he has to play the Panthers, he turns into like Marshall Falk, right? <laughs> now he's like an amazing pass catcher. He's an amazing running back. He's making guys miss in space. He's scoring multiple touchdowns. Uh, that was really cool to see, especially that downfield play. Again, when you take shots, when you give guys opportunities, you see who's going to make the play for you. George Kittle did it. And wow, a random guy, <laughs> uh, Tevin Coleman. I don't want to say a random guy but because he's been around. But, you know, just... You going into the game, you, you're not thinking oh, Tevin Coleman, he's gonna make multiple big plays in this game, but he did. And you get that type of involvement from some of those guys, the others. I think that uh is a recipe for success. Tevin Coleman, fresh off the Jets roster to the 49ers roster, eight carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. He had three catches for 44 yards and another score. So, two, I mean, who had the over on Tevin Coleman touchdowns in this game? That's kind of crazy. Uh, and clearly. Undrafted rookie Jordan Mason, there's something going on there where they, they don't trust him to just throw Tevin Coleman right in there. And they weren't using any other running backs until Kevin Tevin Coleman showed up on the roster other than Jeff Wilson. So um, that is uh, that's pretty telling right there. And you can drop Jordan Mason off of your, your fantasy teams as a stash for right now. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Kyle Shanahan loves him. He trusts him. And he was looking pretty good. He was looking better than I can remember him looking with the 49ers. Fresh legs. Jeff Wilson broke off some big ones. Again, he's playing against the Panthers. So he turns into yeah. Marshall Falk in that game. Uh, as it pertains to Jordan Mason, a lot of times, especially with younger running backs, the reason why you don't see them on the field when everybody's like, man, the guy runs so well, it's probably because of pass protection. He might not be able to uh, understand 
you know, where he's picking up blitzes or, you know, be on the same page with the quarterback. Because I know uh, they have kind of a, an order of operations with how they pick up uh, interior or rushers, whereas, like, you work inside out. And maybe there are certain things where he's just not doing and not grasping. And they're like, okay, we can't trust you in the actual game. We'll play everybody before you uh, because of that. So uh, there could be that element. Again, I don't know. That's just speculation on what I've seen or heard from a lot of younger running backs and why they're not quite counted on. Yeah, we got bad news here, Croc. Uh, according to Kyle Shanahan post game, Emmanuel Mosley probable torn ACL. Of course, awaiting MRI and all those things. We'll know more on Tuesday, but that's a huge bummer. That is um, that is something that that hurts the 49ers because that means he's done for the year. And luckily for the 49ers, they're deep. They're deep at cornerback. You got the rookie Samuel Womack that could jump in. You've got Jason Verrett, who's coming off his own torn ACL from last year. He's been out since week one of 2021. Uh, I'd assume to see him jump in, but that's really unfortunate. That is a bummer after this game with how well they played. That game was in hand too late, and you know the, the Panthers just kind of chucking it up. And to, to just get that unlucky and, and kind of roll roll over the receiver and get your leg caught underneath him. That's that's terrible. That's terrible news for Emmanuel Mosley, who was going who was going into a contract offseason too. It's pretty frustrating. And and it's unfortunate. I feel for him. And just not from just being on the field with the 49ers and what he means to this defense. You talked about earlier, the pick six and when it was, that was a huge play. Because remember, if he didn't if, let's say he doesn't get that pick six. Where where are the 49ers when Panthers score that touchdown that they did coming out of halftime, right? Like, they scored. And then, and remember, they ended up going for two and they didn't get it. But, I mean, that could have potentially been a 10-10 game in a game yeah. where it felt like 49ers were really dominating. So, huge interception. And you take a guy like that. Now, I don't act like he just jumped, uh, you know, a, a pass and, you know, looked like Deion Sanders. He looked like Deion on the return, but it was a severely overthrown. I don't even know what Baker Mayfield was doing or how he missed so badly. But that was, that was more on Baker than, you know, mostly. But returning it to the crib, that was excellent, huge play. And you missed that, man. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to envision kind of how the 49ers would go about it now. I did get a message from someone that said Jason Verrett was kind of waiting in the wings as kind of this uh, security blanket. And now they might have to pull the blanket off of him and actually utilize him. You looked at some of the younger guys that, had to play once Mosley went out. There was uh, some combination of Womack and Diamador Lenore. I saw Diamador Lenore play on the outside while Womack went in the inside. We'll see if that continues to be that way because early on, I think in the Bronco game, when Ward, Traverius Ward went out the game, it was Womack on the outside. So I'm curious too, who, who ends up being the slot, who ends up being the outside guy. Uh, that That's something to look forward to, but... Young guys, and, you know, it is unfortunate, but it is a business, and I think people understand the injury element to these things, so it's got to be next man up. And like I said, 49 have depth. They have some players that now have to step up and prove themselves. And having a good pass rush definitely will help these younger guys as well. Yeah, and Amber Thomas was in there at the end of the game as well, playing left corner. Um, can't forget about him, even though it's easy to since he hasn't made much of an appearance in 2022. So they do have some depth luckily for the 49ers and it's pretty cl it's pretty clean for roster movement to put Mosley on IR, then you bring Jason Verrett back and you don't lose a spot. So I, I'm sure that's going to happen in the next few days. I think I saw Amory Thomas with a Revo on the helmet and I was just like, "Oh gosh, that's disgusting." Can you show people what the helmet's supposed to look like, Croc? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you know what I'm saying? So 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 you really want to get the uh, this is my old college helmet, but you know you want to get the shut right there. You know what I'm saying? Right here with the uh, this they some people call it the Dickerson, some people call it the Dion. You know, I, I call it, you know, whatever. But this is what I always wore pretty much all through college. Uh, wore it in the NFL with the New York Jets. Had same helmet, same style. So, yeah, this is this is, this is is ideal. And you see some of the younger guys, Womack, uh, D'Amador Lenore, even uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk as well, they have a newer variation of this. So they wear the F7. And it's 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 this style, but not this same one. But it's it's close. Like that's probably what I would wear if I were playing in today's day and age. So, and now who still wears this? Uh, Coleman still wears this. Tevin Coleman still wears this exact helmet. Um, Did Hufanga change to the shut? No, 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 he wears a, he wears a rainbow. Okay. And um, uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod wears this exact helmet as well. So, and and he's pretty drippy. So, you know, you know, there's some guys out there with it. But Ambry Thomas, he used to wear it, and he just—I don't know—I saw him stand on the sideline, looking all funny with the Revo on. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right, uh, we have news on Nick Bosa and Jimmy Ward injuries as well, and we'll give out some game balls from Week Five next. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet. You are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And believe me when I tell you, that's what sends Built Bars off the charts is they are covered in legitimately 100% real, dark, delicious chocolate, not some fake funny brown looking chocolatey flavored stuff real chocolate really makes you feel like you are getting a treat and of course cookie dough chunk puffs as all built bars are low in calorie and high in protein cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them uh, a lot of built bars have only 130 to 150 calories with up to 19 grams of protein run to built.com to snag a box for you and your family right now it will be the perfect treat uh whether it's Cookie dough chunk puffs or whatever flavor you like of built bars. My favorite is the peanut butter. They've got tons of them. You can do the puffs. You can do the old standby built bars that I love so much. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, late night treat, or just grab a quick bite. Replace those bad for you snacks with built bars and do yourself a huge favor. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Use promo code LOCKED15. Okay, better news on Bosa and Jimmy Ward Croc. Nick Bosa, just a little bit tight. Uh, his groin was a little tight is what Kyle Shanahan said. I'm sure that was precautionary. Uh, if he gets tight, you have a game well in hand, you take him off the field. And I think that's what's happening there with Nick Bosa. And then Jimmy Ward broke his hand on the very first play. So uh, that is something that's probably going to take a while. I know when guys break their hands, they can put a big old wrap on it and, uh, and, and, and roll out there with a club. So we'll see if that's able to be a possibility for Jimmy Ward. But I mean, that's oh, real just, quick, Peacock, I think I see Kwan Williams out there. He has some kind of big cast on his hand. Yeah, so. yeah. he used it to punch a ball out this week. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, on the incomplete pass. Yeah, he yeah. punched it. Yeah, I saw that. So unfortunate for Jimmy Ward. I mean, that's just terrible luck. You come off one injury and then you get another one on your first play. That's that's absurd. So yeah, um, time to club it up, as BSE says. 
Um, got a question here about let's, let's stay on the defensive side of the ball and we do have to give out some game balls here. Perry says, I know Huff has been balling, but Mooney Ward is the defensive MVP right now. What do you think? I mean, he made some big plays. There was one catch on him. Nice play by, uh, by Robbie Anderson to, to create a little late separation, get his arm in there and, and push off a little bit. Um, I'm glad they don't call that either. You know, I like to let him play a little bit. It's a savvy veteran move for him. But I mean, from what I've seen from Charvarius Ward, he's been awesome. Everything the 49ers could have hoped for more. He plays well. And I think the, the, the one thing that I really like to see from cornerbacks is are they challenging guys at the catch point? And I think he's consistently doing that. You don't see him just, oh man, why does he keep giving up these underneath passes? Why is he so far away from the receiver? You know, and then obviously like keep getting dogged as well. That's not happening with him. I think he's uh, playing extremely well at the catch point. Uh, he's not getting the defensive pass interferences. I think he should have gotten the offensive pass interference called on him. And I see BSC in the chat say, OPI, definitely, man. And who was that? Who was that in the booth that said, oh, yeah, the subtle, what do you call it? Gosh, he's, he used some type of uh, fancy way of saying that a guy didn't push off, even though it's clear it, oh, he didn't extend his arm. What? Did not extend his arm? He is fully go-go gadget arm, fully extended. What is he talking about? Croc, that was Charles Davis, former DB, too. Charles that Davis is tripping. He, he, I'm going to pull his DB card. Oh, no. I, I agree with Charles Davis. I thought that was smooth the way he did it. I don't. I want to let him play a little bit. I don't want him throwing the flag on every defensive player. If there's a little touching, little grabbing going on, I don't want him calling it on the offensive guys either. I, I, I want to let him play there. I, I, I'm okay with that no call. And like they're showing it in slow motion in real time. It was smooth, Croc. You got to appreciate the smooth little mini push off at the catch point. That's a veteran move, in my opinion. And they tried it again. They tried Trevarius again. He's like, no, not having it. I love that matchup. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty disappointed in you, Peacock. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Do you want to give out some game balls, Croc? Let's do it. Okay. First game ball. It's so hard. There's so many. You talk about who's the defensive MVP. Hufanga, Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley's been awesome. Nick Bosa clearly is a candidate. Fred Warner clearly is a candidate. Like, there's so many guys playing at that level. That's what's so awesome about this defense. You can't even pick an MVP because there's so many guys on multiple levels playing at a, at a team MVP type of level. So do we just give the, the game ball again to D'Amico Ryans, who was so jacked up after that pick six, by the way? Actually, I'm going to give my first game ball to Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, I hate the injury for him. Not only the pick six, making the play when it's available. We talked about not when the team throws you the ball, you got to make those plays on defense. But some serious vision. I love the return. Cutting it back, finding the end zone. It's important. Yeah. If you you get tackled short, maybe you end up kicking a field goal. You talked about what the how that, that scoreboard would look a lot different if he didn't take it all the way to the house. So huge play for Emmanuel Mosley. He's been playing so good for the 49ers. I'm super bummed about that ACL injury for him. He gets my first game ball. That's going to be tough. And it's, it's always good when you can give a defensive back – that, you know, does his thing, uh, the game ball right away. And shout out to Emmanuel Mosley. I hope he, you know, heals up fine. And if I'm not mistaken, he will be a free agent at the end of this year. Maybe restricted, but he's a, he's a free agent, I believe. So, 49ers have some decisions to make. And I guess in the grand scheme of things, to understand, like, what you have behind him, I guess you have a long period of time to figure that out. Can a guy like Womack or Diamond Dora Lenore stand up 
and said, hey, no, nah, like, you know, you don't have to bring Mosley back. Let him go in free agency. You know, we'll hold it down with Ward for the next couple of years. So um, that is unfortunate, but you do get to see what you have with the other guys. It was always going to be hard. Actually, this makes it probably, as, as crazy as it is to say, this makes it more likely that Mosley can come back because I think Mosley would probably was just a year behind Tar- Charvarius Ward and looking at that contract and like, you better give me that contract. Undrafted free agent, made good, making plays, starting NFL cornerback. He could have asked for a lot of money. Now, with a torn ACL, that's going to be tough for him. And it might be like the Jason Verrett situation where the 49ers are able to bring him back on a, another one-year show-me deal where he goes into his free agency period because of the injury. So I think it's probably more likely that Mosley comes back because of the injury because I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. And I think clearly with all the corners they drafted, then spending the money on Ward signaled that the 49ers were probably hoping it was going to be something like, you know, what we might see next week if Verrett isn't activated. If it's, you know, Womack on the outside, Lenore in the slot, maybe that's potentially the the long-term combination for the 49ers. Right. I love me some coverage, guys. So, yeah, the 49ers have plenty of them that where, at the very least, you see some talent there and you see some upside, and now it's just can it all come together. And again, a really good pass rush definitely helps. Uh, Harry says, confirmed torn ACL for Mosley. Not confirmed, but Kyle Shanahan after the game said that it's suspected that that's what it is. Of course, he's going to go through MRI uh, and all those things, and, and we'll find out exactly what the deal is tomorrow. They typically oh, know once they start kind of yeah. moving that. that There's a certain way that your move knee, move knees. Your knee moves. I learned this in like kinesiology class, but uh, front to back, they can tell if there's like some looseness, and then they can see which ligament it is that is either damaged or not connected. So uh, if they do that little test and they're like, it feels like the ACL, you know, more times than not, they're right. Hopefully they're wrong. Hopefully they're wrong though. Seen a lot of submissions for game balls in the chat, but here's one crock that we talked about. If you had another good game, it was time to give a little credit to Aaron Banks. And it's yeah. funny because going into the season, a couple positions that we were like, oh, I'm not sure these things could go wrong in these two positions was Aaron Banks at left guard. That was one of them. And strong safety with Talano Hufanga. And right. Hufanga has, you know, been awesome. And Aaron Banks has been winning more than he's losing. It's really important for Aaron Banks to play as well as he has and not get his number 65 called very often. You know, like some minor hiccups here and there. Um, he, uh, he, he gave up a pressure it was Derek Brown late in the game who was it was it like an instant sack or stuffed the run in the backfield like he just didn't block it. oh yeah it was it was uh they're trying to set up a screen i think and he got out in front but just didn't you know chip him or anything and um but overall Aaron Banks I just want to give him credit for for being somebody that we are super worried about coming in the season he's played really well over 5 weeks and deservedly so there there are a lot of people that have been tagging us and i know you can't get the tags on twitter but are you guys going to talk about Banks? Like, what you going to say now about him? And it's like, nah, dude, like, the the worry, I guess you could say, or concern with Aaron Banks, I feel like it was justified. It was a guy, you and I had our evaluation of him coming out of college that he was not a fit. And the 49ers agreed with us. He didn't play his rookie year at all. For a guy that was a second-round offensive guard, right? Like, those guys play. He didn't play. So he wasn't ready. And that was something where it's like, all right, they are banging on him to be the guy. Let, let's see. It's still a huge question mark until he proves he can play. And I think so far he has done a really good job of saying, like, yeah, man, like, whatever they needed me to improve on, I have improved on those things. I am better, and I'm not an issue. And a matter of fact, 
I think he got called for a penalty in this game. And I looked at his face. And I'm like, I think that's the first time I'm hearing his name called all year. Yeah. So that's a good thing when you are playing on that offensive line. Aaron Banks could walk down the street, and I think half 49ers fans wouldn't even recognize who he is, at which all. is a good thing. That means your, your number's not getting called a lot, and uh, the camera's not zooming in on your face a lot during games, which is kind of what you want for offensive linemen. Um, but the thing is, Banks was even getting beaten in training camp. And so it was like, I, I, I'm surprised. So that, that's why I want to give Well, I think now we know, I think defense, the 49ers defense is just hella good. Right, yeah, that's part of it. That, that's right, for sure. Because that, that was the thing where like, uh, Trey Lance, you know, inconsistent. Oh man, look at his passing numbers aren't great, right? And it's like, well, is he just bad? Is he not developing right? And then come to find out, maybe the defense is just hella good. Uh, so uh, Tevin Coleman getting a lot of nominations here. Harry says Tevin Coleman deserves a game ball and he was really good in this game. I mean, Jeff Wilson too, right? Uh, Jeff Wilson, 120 yards, but I wanted to go to the offensive line first. And I went with Aaron Banks there. You could probably give a few more on the offensive line. There was a, an insta sack given up where, uh, Jalen Moore was beaten very badly off the edge by Brian Burns. Yeah. Uh, that was to be expected, but it didn't happen a ton, which was really important. Um, so all in all, the 49ers offensive line did really well to open up, you know, holes for Jeff Wilson to go 120 for 7.1. So just the entire running game. Like, I feel like I want to give a, a game ball to both running backs to Kyle Shanahan for the game plan to, you know, all the, the entire offensive line. I mean, it was all really important to this game. I see, uh, Ash, Akshay in the chat. And he says another turf field takes a knee. And I just thought of something when, when he says that. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he was on un uninterrupted. He goes on after games. He's probably going to be really upset after this Cowboy game because they just lost. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys for the W. All right. But um, he was talking about how they care more about the player's attire and the, their sock length than they do actual the health of the players and taking what they say into consideration. And he's like, if you go and pull – a locker room, most of the players will tell you, we don't want to play on turf. But the NFL does nothing about it. And he says the turf takes another knee, and that's something that the players are like, well, we don't want to play on turf. And this is something that they just have. So uh, that's a hearing hearing Jalen Ramsey say that, that was it was kind of interesting when he said it. I'm like, man, you know, I haven't thought about it that way. And then to see some of these injuries, you, you understand why. Yeah, no doubt. And that's it's certainly something specifically with this one injury could possibly have prevented it too because this is the exact type of injury where foot gets stuck there's no give you roll with the with the receiver and it gets caught if it's grass does that pull up a little bit just enough give to where you don't tear your acl so good call by akshay on that i didn't think about it being turf that they were playing on um they got to do something about that 2022 man you're throwing out there playing on these rugs getting people hurt come on yeah Come on. Any more game balls for you, Croc? Am I allowed to give one to Jimmy Garoppolo? I feel like I always give one to Jimmy G. But listen, okay, so I have to explain myself real quick, y'all. The reason why I always give one to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think my bar is very low for him. So if he just does the bare minimum of not just screwing up the game, which in this game he did not, and I thought he made some good throws. He pushed the ball downfield. There was zero turnover. He hit somebody in the chest. The guy dropped it. Look, you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get that. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get that, right? From him. But you, the, again, the bar is low. But when he has one of those games that just helps the 49ers win. 
And there was a little improvising there, and you saw him running for a touchdown. They got called back, but I thought he did some really good things. So I think he definitely deserves uh, a game ball. I think you got to give him one, right? They People call me out for that, for giving him game balls. Adam says, LOL, Jimmy was Jimmy. I I think, well, yeah, Jimmy is Jimmy. Uh, we know we're going to see that, but when he pushes the ball down the field, when he doesn't turn the ball over, I think we got to give Jimmy a, a pound. Good job, Jimbo. I think I'm going to start calling good. him Jimbo. When he Dude, doesn't turn the ball over, I'm calling him Jimbo. You don't think you don't think the Carolina Panthers or most weeks the New York Giants or the New York Jets or the Pittsburgh Steelers or any of these teams with garbage quarterback play would love what Jimmy Garoppolo did this week? We we might have to take the Jets off that list because Zach Wilson, I don't know, he's kind of kind of creeping along. We'll see if he can stack these games together. But I, I watched Zach Wilson today. I watch him. I watch all the guys. I know a lot of people just focus on 49ers. I watch all these teams. I got multiple screens on at one time. I got I'm watching all this stuff and I watch a lot of Justin Fields today. I'm watching all these young guys and seeing how they're doing. Yeah, I thought there were some great throws from Jimmy he did today. He definitely deserves a game ball and just a great team win overall. But really, that 49ers defense is just powerhouse. And when the 49ers offense is making holes for the running game and they're efficient, not turning the ball over, it's game over for for teams like the Carolina Panthers who just can't match up. And so if 49ers keep playing like that, that's a really good sign. The Niners now at the top of the NFC West, where they belong. How long can they stay there? Got some big opponents coming up. And of course, Croc and I will have you guys covered every step of the way with your San Francisco 49ers. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Make sure you're tuning in to Croc doing Locked On NFL Draft every day here on the network. I'm hosting Peacock and Williamson talking about the entire league with co-host Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, former ESPN scribe. We break it all down every single week for every team and the entire league. And of course, Croc and I will be right back here with you guys tomorrow. Locked on 49ers.